welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Alcohol Recovery Podcast. Plus, we got some non-alcoholics now on a regular basis, which is good. Everyone's welcome that's following the Tao. So good stuff. Today we have almost a room, almost a Brady Bunch. Amy, Marla, Pip, Craig, Dave, Carrie, and Lou. Good to see you guys. Pip, why don't you introduce yourself, ma'am? We we're on three continents today. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm Pip. I'm calling in from Melbourne, Australia. Um, yeah, my recovery program is Al-Anon. And, um, yeah, I came across this meeting and, yeah, I'm currently studying and learning, practicing the Tao. So, yeah, I'm super excited to be here and sort of merge the two. Good. Glad to have you. Craig, you want to talk about the Facebook group? It's called the Day of Understanding podcast Facebook page. It's the exact same cover as what's on the podcast. So you can join the Facebook page and then you can join this meeting as well. If you don't want to join the meeting, you can post your comments about the meeting that you just listened to and we can get back to it. I think Pip put a post about the prayers, about the 12-step prayers and look, Pip's here joining us. So welcome, Pip. It's good to have you here. Um, I'll tell you who joined the group this week. Just give me a little second. That actually had a, a second ago. We had Jackie, Michael, Kate, who is skiving tonight. Kate joined as well. Daniel, Michael, Joe, and Heidi. So welcome, everybody. Thank you. Any other announcements? I uh, always like to mention the Fourth Dimensioners uh, nightly online meeting every night, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's an open discussion six nights a week in a speaker meeting on Saturday. Amy chairs on Sunday and does a beginner breakout on Friday, and I chair on Friday. So we have some good meetings, guys. If you need a meeting now, you can go to buddyc.org and look in the resources there, and you can find meetings 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Anything else before we begin today? If you join the meeting, you can share in the banter that goes on as well, because we actually have a good time in the chats as well. Well, at least Craig does. I don't know if everyone else does or not. <laughs> I do too. Okay. Yeah. If we were in a classroom, Craig and I would constantly be in trouble. We would be those kids. We, we, wouldn't, be, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be allowed to sit next to each other. Nope. <laughs> We'd just sit down and the teacher would be like, no, 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 no. That one. <laughs> yeah. All right, the story today, Advising the Prince. Marla, you want to read for us, dear? Sure will. Okay, here it goes. Um, Advising the Prince. The recluse, Susu Kwai, had come to see Prince Wu. The prince was glad. I have desired, he said, to see you for a long time. Tell me if I'm doing right. I want to love my people and by the exercise of justice, to put an end to war. Is this enough? By no means, said the recluse. 
Your love for your people puts them in mortal danger. Your exercise of justice is the root of war after war. Your grand intentions will end in disaster. If you set out to accomplish something great, you'll, you only deceive yourself. Your love and justice are fraudulent. They are mere pretexts for self-assertion, for aggression. One action will bring on another, and in the chain of events, your hidden intentions will be made plain. You claim to practice justice. Should you, <clears throat> sorry, should you seem to succeed? Success itself will bring more conflict. Why all these guards standing at attention at the palace gate, around the temple altar, everywhere? You are at war with yourself. You do not believe in justice, only in power and success. If you overcome an enemy and annex his country, you will be even less at peace with yourself than you are now. Nor will your passions let you sit still. You will fight again and again for, for the sake of a more perfect exercise of justice. Abandon your plan to be a loving and equitable ruler. Try to respond to the demands of inner truth. Stop vexing yourself and your people with these obsessions. Your people will breathe easy, easily at last. They will live and war will end by itself. Thank you, Marla. Any comments, guys? I think he had some uh, impure motives there. We go back to the first of this. It seems like it's a good thing that he wants to do. But the first sign of something, a change in his attitude from the uh, uh, from the wise man that he went and saw, the recluse they call him. If you set out to accomplish something great, you only deceive yourself. So should we never desire to do something great? Craig? I think it's about the intention that's behind it, is it not? I don't, I don't think this guy got the answer that he was looking for. I don't know if any of you guys have sat down with your sponsor and said something, and then he shoots you down in flames. And all of a sudden, it's not such a great idea that you, you bring up this thing. And I think this is what's just happened with this guy. He just hasn't got the answer that he was looking for. I think he maybe thought he was doing well through his intentions, but I think the, the conversation that's went that went on the background is like, you know, your, your intentions are maybe wrong. Maybe you're looking at what's best for you rather than for your people. You think you're doing well for, for your people, but it's actually serving you this purpose. Um, there's a part at the end, that the last part, I'm hoping Amy's going to pick up on it later on. I like to do the, um, I'll go and get my book. And it's talking about a vision for you. It says abandon your plan. I go to the part that I was thinking about this one. So it says, abandon yourself to God. As you understand God, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not as your mama does or mm-hmm. as you do. Yeah. Or as I don't, as the case may be. Exactly. That's interesting. That statement, Craig, doesn't require any changing of what you think of as God, just that you do it. Mm-hmm. And it's also the present tense. Understand. Yes. Yes. Because my under what I understood is different than what I understand. That's page 164, right? Yep. 
abandon yourself to God as you understand God. So in other words, abandon yourself to God as you understand God in this moment, right now. Hmm. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. And we shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny, not the road to happy destiny. It's, it's in the, it's in the journey, right? Yeah. And that's trudge, the, go ahead. Great. The, the part where he says abandon, um, what was it? Um, where he says, um, try to respond to the demands of inner truth. There was a part in that part you just read, abandon yourself to God. And mm-hmm. um, What are you saying, Craig? Just say it. I have absolutely no idea. Maybe Admit your thoughts to him and to your That's fellows. It. That's it. And what was the other part? big book handy that you could like look it up and read Clear it? away the wreckage of your past. That's it. Yep. Yep. Buy him books, send him to school, and he won't bring them to the podcast. Give freely of what you want. I think it's all about surrender. I think the guy's not surrendering as much as he should do. I think this story is about fear. It always goes back to what are we afraid of every, every time. Like if I'm angry, it's not the, the real question is not what am I angry about. The real question is what am I afraid of? I have a... Something's not, I'm disturbed in some way, right? Our our quote, that was the quote I was looking up in from uh, page 76 in the 12 and 12. The chief activator of our defects has been self-centered fear, primarily fear that we would lose something that we already possess or would fail to get something we demanded, not something we needed, something we demanded. And this guy has a plan, and it even says on the next uh, sentence after the don't do accomplish something great, if you set out to accomplish something great, you'll only deceive yourself. Your love and justice are fraudulent. So he's starting to poke a hole in his plan. They're pretext for self-assertion and aggression. One action will bring on another, and in the chain of events, your hidden intentions will be made plain. In other words, your sins will find you out. True motives always show through is another note I had with that. Amy? Yeah, so that absolutely takes me back to page 61 in the big book. Um, Let's see. He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious, as the case may may be. Still, the play doesn't suit him. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he's sure other people are more to blame. He becomes angry. So is he not really a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? Then it says, is he not even in his best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? That to me says, oh, my goodness, am I so good at hiding a bad motive underneath a good one? As long as I look good out here and as long as I can make you think that my intentions are pure and my motives are pure, you're going to believe that. But on the inside, I'm really like, what's in it for me? How is this going to benefit me? 
Yes. Any other comments, guys? Now, it really starts nailing him on the top of the page 140. Your claim to pra- you claim to practice justice. Should you seem to succeed, the success itself will bring more conflict. While these guards standing at attention at the palace gate around the temple altar everywhere. And that reminded me of an old quote, maybe Taoist, um, that walls invite thieves. That when you when you build the wall, you're telling them there's something there that you're afraid of losing, (laughs) something you're trying to protect. Right. And how how often we do that in our life about things. You know, we build these walls, we, we make this facade. And when we do that, we're doing that out of fear. Or I am every time. If I'm trying to look good, be good, all those things, it's because I don't want anyone to know what's really behind that. Yeah. You are at war with yourself. You think you're at war. You want to, that's the mirror. You think that you're trying to prevent war for your people, but really you're at war with yourself. He flipped it around on him. You do not believe in justice, only in power and success. If you overcome an enemy and annex his country, annex his country, you will be even less at peace with yourself, less at peace with yourself than you are now. Nor will your passions let you sit still. You will fight again and again for the sake of a more perfect exercise of justice. That fear keeps jumping to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. I've never had fear that went away by me accomplishing what my fear was afraid of. It just jumped to the next thing every time. For example, I mentioned like with money, I was afraid I wouldn't have the money to pay my bills. And then I started making money. Then I was afraid I would lose the money I had. The fear didn't leave. It just went somewhere else. Every time it's like that. Every time the fear never leaves until I surrender and do what this says to do about the fear. It's always there. Yeah. This cannot be satisfied. And that the peace with yourself is the real goal. Because he has even less peace with himself. He's still at war. He's in that conflict with himself. Y'all have anything? Just jump in. Let me know. Abandon. Now he's telling them the, the way, the real, the answer, the solution. Abandon your plan. Should be a period there. It says, abandon your plan to be loving and equitable ruler. But just whatever plan you have, just stop. Just abandon it. What's a good definition of abandon? Don't get attached. I'm sorry, Kerry? I was going to say, don't get attached to it. Yeah. Reminds me of Sensei when he was talking about, he said the projects of men are good, but don't get too attached to them. Oh, here's a good one. Give up completely. (laughs) Give up completely. What? what what's, we're doing a lot of big book today. Uh, you know where I'm going. I'm going to the promises. The results are, are how it works. The results nil until we let go absolutely. Hmm. That's what he's telling us. Is you got to let go. And then he tells him to what, what his real job is, is to respond to the demands of inner truth. Flip that around and just respond. Like the, the man of Dow story, 
where he says that we just stand on what is already moving. Yeah. Hmm. Jerry. I was just going to say that, like, so right now at work, I have a big target I have to hit to get a bonus, and I'm very fearful I'm not going to hit it. And, of course, I'm worrying out my team, <laughs> making sure they're doing everything they can to hit it. So it sounds kind of like this in a way, but um, it's funny when you said that abandon the plan, it kind of gives you a sense of relief. Like, you know, maybe... <laughs> This isn't something to fear. Just you let just let go, and maybe eventually things are going to happen the way they're going to happen. But you know, sometimes it's hard to kill that anxiety and that fear not not getting what you want. So how do we do that uh, practically? How do we? How, how do we? What real action? It says that we respond to the demands of inner truth, but that sounds so you know, esoterical, so out there, you know, yeah, so, so, so how do I really do that in real life? What's the real life way that, that we really let go, basically? Uh, Pip? Hi, yeah, this story, um, reminded me of, um, Alan Watts's book, The Taboo Against Knowing Who You Are, which was actually the, the original introduction for me into Taoism, um, and, you know, there's a point where he speaks about, he kind of ends and summarises the book on, like, not trying too hard to change the world, you know, just sort of um, that the world is its own system. And he also speaks to, you know, parts of his story about enemies and, like, I suppose the yin and yang and the black and white um, and the light and the dark, the, the wave. And that, you know, an enemy is an essential part of the mix, the yin and yang mix, you know. And so this, like, striving for ultimate pure justice is maybe a futile effort, you know. And also, you know, in the third paragraph to the story, what what really stands out to me there in this, um, yeah, about this, like, fraudulence is... Yeah, the self-justification of actions, you know, like these hidden hidden motives, like self-justified um, control, um, you know, that, that are in the name of good or justice. Um, yeah, that's what, what stands out to me in that um, third paragraph. Thanks, Pip. The road to hell, we, we've said the road to hell paved with good intentions is a way that we've looked at that. And sometimes with this guy, I don't even know if he had good intentions. Uh, we don't know. It really doesn't sound like he did from what the, the, uh, the master's saying. Luke? Yeah, he wants other people to act, to have justice and to act justly. He's got lots of plans for other people, for his, for his people, <laughs> on what they ought to do and how they ought to do it and, and uh, what, what he means by justice. Um, so there's all this kinds of planning and, you know, maybe he's trying to do things that uh, get that end in other people. And I think what the sage is saying, well, forget all that, because that's not going to happen anyway. You're not going to create justice. You're not going to um, even foster it. It'll happen or it won't, or people will be just or there won't be just. But you can respond in a just way when something does happen. So what you can control is your own response to it. 
And if there's any justice, if there's anything like that, then it's in how you respond, not in in controlling what's happening out there in the world. Just your response to it. That's what I got out of it. Thanks, Lou. Stop vexing. It says, uh, listen to this, though. Try to respond to the demands of inner truth. The truth within you has demands if we'll listen to it. Amy? Yeah, I just think that, um, I think this guy just wants everything, just wants more. Like, um, if I get this, that'll make me happy. If you do this, that'll make me happy. If everybody, if I can just fix, manage, and control, if I can manipulate and orchestrate, then I'm going to be super duper happy. Um, I get a lot of, go ahead. You're going to be happy too. Yeah. Do what I want you to do because, you know, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to fix you. At at the same time, I get a lot of Al-Anon stuff out of this too, because speaking of the recovery, because like, if, if you're happy, (laughs) I'm going to be happy. And, and my fixing you makes me happy. I'll be happy. So it's still like a whole big twisted way of looking at things and, and seeking outward to be good inward, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's always an inside job. Absolutely always an inside job. Mm -hmm. If I'm not okay inside, I can't be okay outside. I didn't know that until I got into recovery. I really thought that this husband, this job, this house, this dog, this fill in the blank, whatever, was going to be the thing. It was going to be that thing that finally put all the people. And then once I got that, then I was looking still for something else. The void was still there regardless because I wasn't working on the right kind of stuff. I didn't have that spiritual connection with the Tao, with God, with the universe, with whatever. Hmm. Thank you. That's good. Craig? Um, I like that you picked up on the... um part where it says try to respond to the demands of inner truth I think we've all went through this at some point with the drinking and trying to get sober I think we've all had to give in to the demands of what the truth of how we really want to live are um, I picked up a bit in the big book page 102 in case you are I have the book he goes back to that part where he's, uh, he was basically saying look you know Stop vexing yourself and your people with all these obsessions. Your people will breathe easily at last. They will live and war will end by itself. It says in page 102, your job now is to be at the place where you may be of maximum helpfulness to others. So never hesitate to go anywhere if you can be helpful. I think that's kind of what this guy's saying to him as well. Yeah, Stop pissing about what you want to do and just go and help, help everybody else. Stop paying attention to the demands of your fear. Mm-hmm. And respond to the demands of your inner truth, right? Yeah. yeah. We're paying attention to demands all the time. We're responding to demands continually. It's just which ones are we going to respond to, right? Huh. I heard something the other day. Was it stop telling God what you want? Stop, t- stop telling God what you want. Making demands from God isn't praying, He's, he's not going to answer your demands. Well, then we realize we already have everything, so we stop asking, right? Yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. We don't realize we're a drop of that same ocean, that we're made up of the same thing that we're part of already. It's more of, I heard this in Course in Miracles the other day, that it's not that God is in us, it's that we're in God. You know, we're part of the consciousness. Yeah. Hmm. I thought this was interesting that if he stops his trying to fix, yeah, it ha- it does have that uh, Al-Anon element to it that I, I did not realize. Thank you, Amy. And Pip and Lou might, I know that, that are here from Al-Anon might have some more to say about that, but it really is that he's trying to fix vexing, stop vexing yourself and your people with his obsessions, right? And your people will breathe easier at last. Like they're already under this burden of you trying to fix things for them. And then the war that you're saying all of this is about will end by itself. You don't even have to make it end. It ends by itself when you stop meddling. Hmm. What do you think the response to inner, the inner truth is going to be, though? We still haven't talked about any real tools to use when this happens in real life. Right. That's really going to be for me. That's I'm going to have to help someone in some way. I'm going to have to surrender and I surrender by doing something for you instead of for me. You know, this guy's going to surrender by responding to to his inner truth instead of trying to fix everything. Right. And I had a a, go ahead, Gary. Um, Sorry, I was just going to say I was looking at this, this whole story reminded me of chapter. Uh, verse 57 of the Tao. Seems like it's just a translation, like a story put to that verse. And uh, so I was looking at um, your book, buddy, and he, he at the end you say, I think he's, it says, is it possible to allow your day to evolve without excessive effort or control? And then you say how? By lessening desires and letting go of expectations of yourself and others, you then find the simple grooves of life that leads you to the way of peace. Yeah. Those grooves were what they were talking about there, Kerry, was the road, the old wagon roads. They all had grooves where the wagons went. And if you just let the horse have a little bit of rain, it could find those grooves instead of fighting it. And it would just find the grooves and take care of itself. It's that more of that letting go, more of that letting go. That's what this is. This story is all about, I think, is about letting go and uh, learning how to turn that light around and look within. Maybe, too, something that we could speak to is the difference between trying to fix people and that my the Al-Anons here could, could speak to this probably better. The difference between trying to fix people, which is a lot of the Al-Anon issues, and service or doing something for someone the, the difference between those two because outwardly it could look a lot the same but what is different about that you know because it's totally different i had i had a friend of mine actually that asked me about that that did not understand you know the difference so could anyone speak to that or if i was clear enough can you say that again buddy i'm not sure i I'm putting y'all on the spot. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you before. I didn't know. Um, The difference between when 
Okay, from what I understand, I'm not in Al-Anon, so I could be totally missing the, the boat here. But part of the problem is, is that that you're when you fix the addict or the alcoholic, you're learning how not to do that when you when you go come to Al-Anon. You're learning not to not to spend your energy trying to fix them. And the difference between that. And when the big book says that, well, I'll just read it so I get it exactly right. Uh, Working with others. And it says practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. And I was asked, okay, you're trying to fix them. You're, You're fixing. So what's the difference between that? And, you know, what's going, the, the, the purpose for Al-Anon, you know, and uh, I didn't know if that was something that you could speak to or not. Well, yeah, in Al-Anon, the same kind of thing happens. People come into Al-Anon, they try to fix each other, right? Right. <laughs> not just fix the alcoholics, fix, it, fix anybody in the room, anybody wanders by and, and uh, stumbles on a piece of gravel you got to fix for, you know, for them. Um, and we do the same thing, I think, probably that Al-Anon does. We only speak to our own experience. We don't tell people what to do. We share what, how, uh, what worked for us, and um, really try to stay true to being um, in a state of detachment, um, kind of a compassionate de- detachment. Been, been there yourselves, um, but it's uh, you know it's not telling other people what to do. Um, I remember when I first started attending, um, some of the old, older women in the group would say, because it was mostly women, I think I was, some of the time, oftentimes I was the only guy, um, they'd say, oh yeah, okay, well, here's where you're at, and in a little while, if you work the steps, you'll be over, you know, you'll, you'll leave that part behind, and sure enough, you know, three months later, four months later, I'm going, oh yeah, they were right. Um, I couldn't see it then, but I see it now. Um, and then at first it started pissing me off when people would do it in two, two weeks instead of the four months it took me, <laughs> but that was me being jealous of their, their program. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. We just, um, share what worked for us in regards to, um, letting God and letting go, letting your higher power handle their lives and between them and their higher power and not you. And you take care of yourself. Um, so that's best I've got for that. Uh, you you do what he what was suggested to him to do. You respond to your inner truth, not their inner truth, not what you think their inner truth is. Right? You respond well, to your what you think it should be. <laughs> it should be exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it was free for me when um, when I heard the three C's. Um, and then actually like understanding and you're, some of you may like, what are the three C's? I didn't cause it. I can't cure it. I can't control it. I, my mind was blown. I was like, what? I didn't, ca- I didn't cause their behavior. I can't, I can't cure it. I can't control it. There's, there's a hand. Pip's got something on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, it's still, I still think it's just coming back to the inside job. Like, but if you just do this, I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. But I need to be okay, regardless of what you're doing. 
what the people are doing. And I've got another, I'm curious to hear what Pip says, but I've got another um, 12 and 12 reference that goes right along with this. Go ahead. Go ahead if you want to. Yep. Uh, Every time a person imposes his instincts unreasonably upon others, unhappiness follows. If the pursuit of wealth tramples upon people who happen to be in the way, then anger, jealousy, and revenge are likely to be aroused. If sex runs riot, there is a similar uproar. Demands made upon other people for too much attention, protection, and love can only invite domination or revulsion in the protectors themselves. Two emotions quite as unhealthy as the demands which invoke them. When an individual's desire for prestige becomes uncontrollable, whether in the sewing circle or at the international conference table, other people suffer and often revolt. This collision of instincts can produce anything from a cold snub to a blazing revolution. In these ways, we are set in conflict not only with ourselves, but with other people who have instincts too. Mm. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, just um, yeah, on that sort of like Al-Anon control dynamic, um, it really comes down to just like a really deep fundamental surrender and detachment and letting go. And, you know, there's all these Al-Anon slogans around that, letting go, let go, let God. Um, but I think the question that you asked about what is the difference then between detaching and not, trying to control people even if you think it's for good and but also not being a totally selfish self-involved human being and it, I think that's where like a practice comes in um, because it's a fine it's a really fine line um, and what I have started to do is to of a morning just contemplate you know I like the those three jewels of the Tao you know the compassion um the humility I think it is and or there's a few different translations of it and the simplicity and you know of of a morning I contemplate those qualities in terms of like an essence of how I'd like to be and show up in the world and that's just I guess that's my the inner truth you know and it's not so that I can be something to someone but it's a quality of living that I want to I want to be you know I don't want to be riddled and activated by all of my fears and my defects of character I you know I want to be living in accord with these jewels but it is a really fine line between yeah um not being selfish and totally self-involved but also not exerting will or controlling other people and in a really practical way the way that plays out for me is that I you know in a, yeah, a really practical way, I might, if I see that someone I know might need help, rather than getting in there and just assuming, I'll, I'll ask, you know, I'll offer that person a chance. I'll say, would you, would you like help here? Or I leave the responsibility up to that person to, to ask for help or to ask for guidance or ask for assistance. And I guess it's just some kind of, it's a, it's a bit of a ba- boundary space. Um, but it is, yeah, it is practice it's it's um a sensitive yeah it's a there's a nuance to it it's yeah um, i think it takes time to cultivate yeah thank you it does and and it really has to do with us turning that light around and really responding 
to what's within. And for me, that's always going to lead me toward some act of kindness. It always does every time without fail. If I open my heart and I abandon my plan, that we had a lady in meetings that used to say, instead of let go and let God, she would say, let go or get dragged. Because you're going to get dragged if you don't let go. Uh, yeah. And there's a really good book on letting go that I would suggest. And actually, Craig and I are reading at the moment. Letting Go, The Pathway to Surrender, David Hawkins. It really is a very, very good book on how to let go. I've, I've Actually, I've got a link at buddyc.org for that book. I put that book on there, too, because it was so good. Um, but, yeah, it's Letting Go, The Pathway to Surrender. David Hawkins got a yellow and white cover on it. It's a very good audible. Uh, I listen to it first by audible. It's an easy listen, very easy to listen to. It's a... Uh, uh, especially the first couple hundred pages, he gets into some funky stuff in the end that I don't really know all about. But but his ideas on letting go are very, very good. I think they're really how to do the first three steps that we don't get in a lot of the uh, recovery literature. It was for me, they, they were, it was a very good book for me. Um, I find it handy having the book and listening to it at the same time because it references a couple of tables and charts if you go back to them, you can actually, it's easier to have looked at it and he explains it as you go along. It's kind of like the same as Joe Dispenza does, you know, please see chart B. And you're like, okay. I think the most Taoist line out of this whole story is the very last one. The war will end by itself. You don't have to try to stop the war. It ends by itself. So how in the world, if he just responds to his inner truth, will it end the war by itself, right? That's the, the uh, paradox of real truth that we find here. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. I mean, my things, my solutions, when I am uh, vexed, disturbed, are things like I was walking into Walmart. I do not like going to Walmart. I still don't enjoy it. But on the way in, I, I was walking by some trash. And that inner voice demanded that I pick the trash up. <laughs> I'm like, and I start cussing to my, I, I start, this is effing Walmart. They've got effing people standing. Look at that fat effing, blah, blah, blah. They can come over here and pick the effing trash. You know, and I said, no, buddy, pick the trash up. You'll feel better. So I pick the trash up, I put it in the trash, and I come out of Walmart after making, going through all the stuff and doing everything. And I realized I didn't lose my temper or get aggravated while I was in Walmart, which was unusual for me. I'm like, wow, that really worked. So that's the kind of demands I get, this simple stuff. Or when the guy, the guy's riding my ass in traffic and and all of a sudden he gets a way to get by and I, I could speed up a little and cut him off if I wanted to, but I don't. I said, no, I'm not going to. And when I don't and, and I follow that demand of the inner truth that's there, it keeps me from getting so disturbed. This is a good story. Pip, good to have you. Now, we want to know, Pip, it's what, 9 a.m. on Friday morning there, right? 
That's right. We make it through the night. Everything's good till in the morning, right? Everything's fine. The sun is shining. The clear blue sky. Balmy 28 degrees on the forecast. Oh. All good. Good. Okay. Well, we can sleep easy tonight then. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, guys, if there's nothing else, I want y'all to have a fantastic week and uh, hope to see y'all next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery. 